Hey, beautiful people, and thank you for listening to the Bang 2-3 podcast. If you find this funny, entertaining, or insightful, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or if you want to make my day, go show us some love on our Instagram page, because I love each and every single one of you. Thank you for listening. So, is your manager a boy or girl? Uh, guy, male. If your manager was a girl, would you fuck her? They have to be really hot because I'm not a. I don't like the shit where I eat, so they have to be like really hot and like into like a lot of the stuff I'm into to even for me to consider like crossing that uh, that line. So, do you have something against fucking ugly bitches? I mean, what's going on here, dude? Oh no. Like back in the day, it wouldn't even matter. Like size, shape, appearance. Uh, back when I had my um, intercourse addiction, I wasn't really deep into it. I didn't care if it was getting to that twelve, thirteen hour mark. I'd go find whatever I could. But uh, it's kind of depends. twelve, whoa, whoa, twelve, thirteen hours. That was your cutoff where you were you was fiending for some for some puss. Yeah, my dry spells. Oh, shit. Whoa, in. From like 97 through 2001, other than basic training, my dry spells were hours. It wasn't days. Like if it was two days, I was like, something's wrong with the world. Like the world needs to end because this is bullshit. What, okay. What would you feel around 12, 13 hours? Like, was it just a mental thing? Was it physical? What would you feel? Oh man, it's been a while. Uh, it was kind of like I would just lose focus on, on anything mm. that was in my life other than trying trying to find someone to get it in and a lot of times at least back then i had a rotation so it didn't have to get close to that point uh like like i was saying like my longest dry spells were about 24 hours but on average it was eight to ten hours in between at the most like when i by the time i woke up i had to either somebody coming in waking me up or somebody on their way to come over to come see me so hypothetically, if you did fuck your boss, how would you approach this sex? Would it be let, let let's say also that you know you kind of don't like them because most people don't like their boss. Would it would it just be like, listen, I'm just gonna take all my frustration out on them? What would be your approach to this type of intercourse? <laughs> hmm. I don't know because I haven't um, since I've kind of kind of gotten clean. I guess I haven't had that that kind of mindset anymore. But uh, if it were nowadays, and just say if someone was attractive. Um, what I would probably do is figure out, are they interested? Is there, you know, first I want to find out if they're, they're interested if they're down, if they are down, then it would be a different conversation of like, okay, well, what are they into? You know, what kind of sex are they into? If they're all three holes are open, then, okay, I might want to proceed. If they only, you know, do <laughs> oral and vaginal, then I was like, fine. Okay. You're one of those. So it's like, you know, it, it's. Yeah, it's, it's there's a lot of factors that go into it. Like I don't just jump into sex like I used to. Yeah, hey, that that's actually an interesting point because I did say that you don't like your your boss. So you're you're probably not sitting down talking about life for fucking 3 hours every day and just your boss comes out the blue. Let's just call her name Sandra. Mm-hmm. It's just like, "Hey, guy, yo, uh you want to come to my place tonight?" You would be taken like, "Oh shit." You know, and be like, oh, shit, but you agree to this, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you know, I'll go. So, yeah, you're right. It is a weird situation. You think maybe she would have like an angle or something like that. She's trying to trap you, get you fired. Yeah. I mean, it, it, for me, it's more of, yeah, I'm always analyzing the situation because, again, it's not, I don't have that um, 
fiend mentality anymore because before it was just an excuse to feel better, to uh, get over my feelings because, or feel better whatever was about going on because it was essentially seeing my value as a man. I could only increase my value by sleeping with women, by the more women I'm with, mm. the more of a man I am. And so now that I realize that I can detach from that, that my value is my integrity and who I am and all these other things that are not just one dimensional, essentially, then I can go ahead and maneuver in a better way. So even if she was interested and she was down to do all the things I wanted to do, I would still try to make sure that it's something she wanted or is it just something that she's, like you said, trying to get me fired? You know, I'm trying to find the angle before I commit to yeah. it and make sure that I'm not going to get in any trouble. Yeah, so I guess it, it, it would make sense to clarify. So you, right, we, we just hopped into this, right? I'm, I'm feeling froggy today. I, I apologize fine. if I caught you off guard. No, no, uh, no, no, this is fun. This is this is way different, but I like it. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are a self-described recovered sex addict, right? Mm. Okay, yeah. And so that's, I, and by the way, I'm not asking you these would you fuck your boss questions because you were a sex addict. I don't, it was just on my mind. Uh, it's just, just random. Um, do you think being, or you were a sex addict, do you think that are the state of being addicted to sex? Do you think that is a bug or a feature of humans? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That is, that is a very different one. Um, the, the cause was a bug, but the outcome was a feature and I'll explain it this way. So I was a sex addict because I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. I didn't know how to deal with my emotions other than angry, happy, or sad. I didn't understand anything else. Like it just didn't make sense to me being depressed. If I was depressed, then I need to fix it. And the only way to fix it is to bust a nut. But the feature, a part of it is that it made me good. And it, it made me force me to develop uh, social skills, charisma, being funny, being witty. And it forced me to be better with women in general and as a whole, be better having with uh, people in general to have conversations about any topic and being able to bounce between different worlds. Because being an intercourse addict doesn't mean that I was always going for, you know, whatever's around. Sometimes I would meet a doctor or a lawyer and I'm going to get it in. It might take me a couple of months. She's going to be on the back burner while I fuck these other women. But I'm going <laughs> to fuck me a lawyer. I'm going to fuck me a doctor. So then I had to get on their level, essentially, even though I was a scrub. So, okay, so you talked about intellectually because you're uh, – me also, I, I am a fucking scrub. So me thinking like in order to fuck a lawyer, like, man, I got to be a smart-ass dude. Like I better read up on my shit. I better be somewhat sophisticated. Is this what you would do or how would you get on their level? So to, to backtrack, we're talking about late 90s, early 2000s. So this is mm. early times of the internet. A lot of information really isn't out there. Google wasn't even a thing. This is back when we're talking like Alta Vista, Yahoo, um, uh, GeoCities. Like there was a bunch of different search engines. Uh, so there wasn't anything that you could find information easily to begin with. And so unless you knew the website for something, like you had to know www because this is when you had yeah. to enter the whole fucking thing on a browser. So yeah. trying to find information was difficult. So you just still kind of had to figure things out as you went but the perks of the early days of the internet especially with AOL is it kind of made you seem more respectable or seem like okay at least this person isn't a murderer or whatever you know there's kind of an assumption if you could afford to have a computer a $2,000 computer and $20 a month to log on to the internet because 
internet wasn't free back then. Back then, you had to pay to get on. You had to dial in. Uh, you couldn't share pictures. There wasn't um, dating websites or even dating apps. It was just talking to people and kind of just spitting game into like, hey, I'm a 19-year-old male on this part of town. What do you like? What are you doing? And having all these conversations with women, trying to understand them, trying to understand their motivations and then convince them, hey, well, let's meet up for coffee at Starbucks or let's meet up at Denny's and have a bite to eat or whatever. And so once they agreed to come on or to meet up, meet me offline, what we called it then, then it was it was easy because you already had that. OK, you, you already got the hook set. And it's just a matter of, okay, you don't look like a gross, disgusting person. All right, let's go ahead and have sex. Let's go ahead and hook up. And so hooking up back then was super easy. Like if hookup culture started then, I don't know where we would be now. But back then it was it was super easy to get laid. It wasn't that I was great or attractive or had a lot of game. It was just enough game to get people to or girls to meet me in person and go from there. So you think it, it was easier to get laid back then than now? Because everybody everybody exclaims that like, man, you can just trip and fall into some beautiful woman. But you think it was easier then? Oh, yeah, it was a fuck ton easier then. Like I said, all you had to do was have enough game to convince them to meet you offline. And once you met in person, it was a matter of, okay, where can we meet? Or let's go back to your place. Let's go back to my place. It wasn't really that difficult. Now it's more difficult because with dating apps, you got to swipe right. You have to talk to them and you got to come up with a great opener for them to even bother to respond to you. And then it's like pulling teeth with, um, especially when girls don't have anything on their profile or have like two or three pictures and you're trying to, okay, what are you into? And all the guys are going to ask her the same question. So you got to come up with something that's unique and different for them to even bother paying attention to you, to keep talking to you and they would lose interest. Whereas the early days of the internet, everyone was excited to talk to anybody. Like any conversation, Hey, how you doing? would turn into a long three day long conversation. It would, it could turn into hooking up in the next 30 minutes. It's depended on, the time of day, who you ended up meeting or who you ended up talking to. So back then it was easier because there wasn't that abundance for women of guys hitting on them and talking to them. So now, at least with, with online dating apps and all the other stuff that's going around, like Tinder, Bumble, all sort of shit, it is more difficult, I think, for guys to hook up that way. But it's easier for me because I do my stuff through in person and having to be able to walk up to a woman and have a conversation with her and not be afraid of hearing a no. Yo, that is such good insight. I never thought about it that way. That yeah, you're right. Nowadays, like the bar is a lot higher too, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, if you're putting up those Tinder profiles, like you got to write the perfect bio. Your picture's got to be good. You know, maybe you Photoshop them a little bit, but you don't tell them. The lighting has to be good. You know, you have to have like decent clothes and shit like that. And you know, back then, a chick she didn't know since there wasn't the internet, she only knew what she'd seen in real life. So she couldn't go on Instagram and see all these big, swole-ass dudes. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you was, a lot of women say that this sentence, hey, it isn't just guys who want to get laid all the time. Girls want to fuck just as bad as men. We just don't show it. Do you think that's true with your past? Uh Uh, Let me play devil's advocate real quick. Go ahead. Let let me, just real quick, and I'm going to let you... Since you were addicted to sex, you were probably fucking a bunch of whores. So your your view is skewed. No, I didn't. Uh, I never paid for sex. They might have been. Uh, I take that back. I did hook up with a couple of prostitutes, sex workers, whatever you want to call them. But I didn't find out till after the fact that they were. And through with them, it was usually through referral sex. So women uh, have this thing where 
if you're good in bed and they only see you as a fuck buddy, as a fuck toy or fuck friends with benefits, they will pass yes. you off along to their friends. But back yes. then, I didn't know about it because they would send them each other uh, either instant messages or they would call each other because we didn't have we had cell phones, but text messages were super expensive. So they would call each other and tell them, hey, you know, uh, log on and this is his screen name and just talk to him and, and you won't regret it. And I didn't find out until... Uh, I don't even know how many times that it happened, but I knew one girl kind of slipped up and mentioned something. Oh, yeah, so-and-so was right. Right about what? And just getting passed around. So hooking up, my skewed view is being able to see all forms of women from, you know, trailer trash, toothless women, to waitresses, to doctors and lawyers and everything in between. What's the best type of woman? Like if you just you just walk in a bar and you're like, I just want to find the best piece of pussy tonight. What do I look for? Hmm. And you're right. Everyone's flavor is different, right? So what you call good puss and what I call is different, right? So for me, good sex or good puss is more of they're open to do and try anything. So that so my Mm. my bar, in a sense, is higher because not a lot of girls have all three holes open. Some girls are just oral and vag. Some girls are just vag only. They won't give head. Um, and there are girls that won't give head, but it'll do anal and vag. So it just kind of depends. Um, one thing that I have learned is a good looking woman does not equal good sex. It's possible, but more than likely your average looking girl is going to be the biggest freak and is going to be better in bed than, you know, your supermodels like, um, well, this is a poor comparison, but say a girl that looks like Ariana Grande, and I don't mean the facial features. I mean like the body type, you know, yeah, the teeth, yeah. small breasts, small ass, no ass versus a girl like uh, Kim K, if she was natural or whatever, but she knows she's a baddie. She more than likely is going to lay there or expect you to do more work or kind of make you pay for more things or do extra things for her to bother to give you head. That's going to be teeth scraping all the bad shit. So I'd rather have a less than that or about an average looking woman that's bad in bed than a hot looking chick on my arm i'm so glad you said kim k there's a there's a rumor i heard that in the middle of sex she would stop and do her makeup and then go back to having sex and that's fucking crazy bro i know she's kim k but i you gotta go i'm sorry Well, seeing her sex video, I was like, Jesus, like that just kind of reiterates my point. Like her head game was terrible. She just kind of laid there for most of it. And I was just like, it was bad. She couldn't even back it up. She couldn't throw it on her. Even Paris Hilton, Paris Hilton was a little better at head, but you know, not by a lot. And so, you know, for me, like I said, you know, the more attractive they are or the bigger the celebrity they are, they're not going to have that much experience because they're going to be called out as a slut for hooking up and doing all those other things. So they don't get that experience. And the less attractive girls, for me, it's kind of like a, like a fat girl. You know, the fat girl is always going to give great head because she's not going to get that often. Well, similar, apply that mindset to average plain Jane girls. They're going to put it on you because they want to keep getting it. They want to have more sex. They want to have good sex. They want to keep their partner around. So how else are they going to keep them unless they put it on them? Yo, I first of all, I completely concur. And I, I probably haven't had as much sex as you, not even close. Uh, is that the, is that the telltale sign? That, that's one of my theories is if you, if you get a girl in bed or whatever, and the first thing she does is suck you up, like it is her last fucking meal. I'm talking about like some crazy ass head. Is that a sign that she is like great in bed? That's a good indicator that she's more than likely. Yeah. Good in bed. Um, oh, let's see. Have I had a bad experience? Hmm. She's definitely gonna be better than average. 
Uh, but then on that inverse side, do you want to have her as your girlfriend or do you just want to have her for fun? Because then you got to think if she's doing this with you within the first hour of meeting you or that same night on and meeting at our dance club or after the first date, now you got to think, okay, has she been doing this? What's her body count? And I'm, I'm speaking for guys in general. Me personally, I don't care about body count. My body count is, is stupid. Um, I stopped counting once I hit a thousand and I was even off then when I hit a thousand. Uh, I used to play a game that was just, yeah, it, it was dumb. Shit. Damn. Yeah, that's some crazy shit. Yeah, so so you're right. And and I guess we're talking about like good and bad in bed, and it's all subjective. Maybe, hey, I, maybe some guys like whenever, you know, a chick just lays there and it's just like, all right, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some chicks like the, maybe some guys like the Kim K head or whatever where they don't even suck it. So what what tips, what, what's the best way to give a girl an orgasm, in your opinion? Give us the inside <sighs> scoop here. Every girl's different. R- really, every girl is a lot different. Some will climax from penetration, other from clit, other they do need a vibrator on their clit to climax, others climax harder from anal. Uh, I've known a few girls that get super wet just from giving me head, like they just get close to coming. Uh, I had one girl that couldn't come unless she had come on her. Like if a guy busted on her, <laughs> then she could come. Like just, just being dirty like that. So it's it's all kinds of things. The best way to get a girl to come is paying attention to her, uh, just paying attention to her, how she reacts, how she moans. If she moans more during a certain stroke, keep that stroke. If Also, it, well, so if you're with a girl long enough to where you can trust that you don't have to wear a condom with her, you can feel her getting wetter or clenching tighter if you're paying attention. So it's it's a lot of work to get a girl to come. But... Being able to guarantee or get more girls to come is the best way to get them to be like addicted to you. Uh, I have a theory of a hundred that is one of my podcast episodes. Short form is just pretend you've only been with 10 women and you've only had yeah. sex with them 10 times. Almost any guy I ask on earth that's had sex that many times, if you ask them, how many times did you not come? It's probably going to be less than five. And the reason that they didn't come five times out of a hundred is more than likely either whiskey dick or, you know, they just rubbed one out that day earlier, like right before they got laid and they didn't realize they're going to get laid later that day. If you ask the woman the same question, more often than not, their numbers for them climaxing is 10 to 50% of the time. And it's not like every guy makes Mm -hmm. them come once or every guy makes them come half the time. Most of the guys can't get them to come. One or two guys, one or two times, two or three guys, half the time. But there's going to be one or two other guys that'll make them come every time or 90% of the time. And those are the guys that they will drive three or four hours for just so you can fuck them and go back home when you're done. So it's better for guys to focus on getting girls to come and climax and have orgasms, repeated orgasms, and they're putty in your hands after that point. They're digmatized. Exactly. Yeah, some shit. I, I learned that word with a previous podcast, Layla. Shout out to Layla. Uh, who's also a huge freak, self-proclaimed freak. Uh, so that, does orgasms even matter? Because you'll talk to some chicks and they'll be like, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If I go and I have sex with a chick, like let's just say, and it's, it's, it's long. I don't, I don't bust a nut in two minutes, right? I fuck her for an hour. We do foreplay. We do you know everything that she likes or whatever, but she just doesn't come. Is that just as good as making her come or is it 90% or what do you think? 
I think it depends on the girl because there are some women that haven't climaxed themselves that, you know, have a hard time coming from sex. Most of the time, sorry, so those specific girls, most of the time they can only climax from masturbation and playing with themselves. But either, and this isn't my experience, I'm not saying I know every woman, but in my experience with those women, a lot of times they're too self-conscious to come with a guy the first few times they're with them because they're they're in their head. They're mm. worried about, oh, you know, do I smell? Can he smell me? Um, yeah. Do I look fat? Like they, they can be in their head and not be able to climax that way. So it's probably going to take the 10th, 11th, 20th time of you putting in the work for them to actually come. And so it can happen, but it, it's again, you know, are you going to put in the work with all these women or this particular woman to keep going? Or are you going to be the type of guy that just does one night stands, hits it and quits it because you're not getting what you want? So on another point is I would recommend guys have um, month long flings with women versus trying to have one night stands because one, you don't have to put in the work of trying to find a new woman to hook up with her and then try to go out the next night, try to find someone other woman, you meet a girl on Friday night. You might be able to see her Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or just spend the whole weekend with her and have all the fun you want, and maybe she'll want to see you the next weekend if you do it right. But if you're trying to have one-night stands every night, every weekend, you might find a girl that's good in bed, but because you're not putting in the work, she's like, oh, well, you're not good in bed. I don't want to see you again. So now you're kind of like, you know, you, you, it takes a hit to your confidence. You stop um, going out because you're kind of in your head or whatever. So it's... It's a lot of moving parts in it as you try to get things working to have a woman to climax. Yo, does this shit bother you? Because I'm, I'm, we're talking about something that you were previously addicted to, right? Uh -huh. And we're kind of talking about like the good sides of it. Like, yeah, getting all this ass or whatever. And you are cool as a fucking cucumber. Does this shit not get to you? No. Um, because I realize that, like I said, my identity isn't about sex and being this super badass guy because I had some, uh, you know, uh, swings and misses too. It's not like I got laid every time I, I approached women. You know, I'm not uh, batting a thousand all the time. I still get misses, but now I'm more selective about me to going to that bat anymore. So with that, I know that my addiction, it isn't like, oh, me talking about it makes me want it again, kind of like with drug addicts or food addicts. Because on that note, with like drug or alcohol, to be sober, you just don't do it anymore. For food yeah. addicts, you still got to eat, you know, and, and the representation of food addicts is they get big, they get fat, they get overweight. But with sex addiction, you don't see it. It's not like there's any kind of physical change in your body that's noticeable. So with that, I never even thought it was a problem. It wasn't until I stumbled upon this, this random celebrate recovery uh, meeting with a friend of mine that I kept going to for a few times and realized, oh shit, sex addiction is a real thing. It's not just something celebrities say to get out of having to pay alimony or whatever. So with it, it wasn't based <laughs> on my need for sex. It was based on my need to feel good about myself because I had a bad day and I didn't know how to deal with those emotions of, of negative feelings or sadness or, you know, not feeling good. And now I know that if I feel bad, I can just talk about it or process it in my head. Hey, well, why was I upset about this? Oh, because it reminded me of something that happened when I was a kid that someone hurt my feelings then and I'm carrying that until now. Done. I don't have to deal with that or hold on to it. Yo, that's so interesting you said that because I feel the same thing. Uh, not with sex. So I, I, I think this is a common like addictive behavior. You have a really bad day, right? You turn to your thing. Like you said, it could be food. It could be alcohol. 
yours was sex. And so how did you, how, I guess now do you deal with that bad day without turning to sex? Uh, nowadays it's just more of realizing, Hey, it's not as big of a deal as I'm going to make it in my head because I would get stuck on something that, that bothered me. Um, you know, talk to a girl and she told me, no, I didn't get a raise. I didn't get a promotion. Uh, you know, my wife didn't do X, Y, or Z, or, you know, last night I wanted to get laid and she said no, or she rolled over or stayed asleep or whatever, you know? So taking those and realizing, Hey, I'm not the center of the universe as much as I'd like to be. I do. The world does not revolve around me. The sun doesn't revolve around me. So I have to understand that I have to be a part of society. I have to be a part of this ecosystem that I'm in. So living that way makes me understand that eventually it's going to be my turn. Eventually I'm going to get what I want. I just have to have patience. I have to go through my life just like everybody else and enjoy what I can when I can. Did you cheat on your wife? Oh, yeah. My first wife, I cheated on her left and right. <laughs> um, I told her when we first first got together, I'm going to get laid every day. There's no question about I want sex every day. And, of course, most girls, oh, yeah, ha, ha, whatever. Yeah, sure. And, you know, whether she was a part of it, it wasn't – that wasn't my problem. That was her problem because she didn't want to have sex. And then, of course, she'd find out I'd cheat on her. She'd get mad, didn't want to have sex, so I'd go cheat on her again. And then eventually she'd get tired of not getting laid, so then we'd have sex, and it, it'd be a vicious circle until she found out at the next girl, the last girl that I hooked up with. Um, and so – Well, how, how did you convince her to not fucking leave you for cheating? Uh – she eventually did. Like it was, it was after a while, she just got tired of it. Um, but in the beginning, I mean, it was just, I, so I'm also in the kink community and I'm a dom. So with her, I had a, a lot of essentially mind control over her. Uh, if she had, if she was upset, she slept on the couch, not me. Whoa. I'm paying the bills. I take care of this. Daddy sleeps in the bed. You got a problem? <laughs> you go sleep on the couch. If you, if yes. you, you know, and if you really misbehave, I had her sleep in the closet. Like, door closed she's gonna go sleep in the closet because you know she's want to act a fool then you know she's not gonna get to get um human comforts because i was a super asshole holy fuck okay holy what is what what's that type of relationship like between a dom and wh whatever you call submissive. the uh a submissive what, what what's that like it, it depends on how you define it and what you expect the role to be like um what's yours you know, like what was yours like uh, with her, it wasn't even established as submissive. So I was part of uh, the king community, uh, specifically being a dom and a rigger, which I would um, uh, do rope play, do shibari, tying women up. But I didn't really get into it, uh, the rope part of it, until after I got divorced. But uh, for the most part, I had a mentor that taught me how to be a dom, how to take care of things and, and treat things. But I manipulated when kind of like an extra mile was an asshole to keep essentially mind control over her, keep her under my heel and um that relationship it basically was toxic because i abused my power so it wasn't a healthy relationship with my first wife uh with my second wife it was better but that was more that was more of a regular relationship there wasn't a dom submissive in that one she would be submissive in general to me but it wasn't really uh, a dynamic that we had together so my dom sub stuff is more you know between my first wife and second wife, and then after my first, uh, second wife. So, or when I wasn't married, essentially. And those relationships can be anything from uh, a daddy dom with a little or a middle, 
So littles are essentially women that kind of put themselves in the space of being uh, kind of like an elementary school age, coloring, uh, cute dresses, having tea parties, whatever. And middles are more kind of like teenagers where, you know, they sit there and listen to music from, you know, when they were a teenager, all this other kind of stuff. And it doesn't have to be sexual. Like, this is just kind of like um, being able to take care of someone or give someone safety and security where they don't have to be an adult. And then they see me like as a Superman. So that's kind of the reward for me from that type of relationship. But then there are Dom sub relationships where, you know, before they even get to have sex, before I even put it in them, they have to crawl around and do X, Y, Z or clean up my house half naked or whatever I want them to do. And it just depends on whatever we establish. But the reason they work is we have these conversations of what we want, what we're willing to try our absolute no's and some things that we might want to try, but we want to wait until there's a little bit more trust and confidence and, and safety with each other before we explore these other kind of things. So, so the, the Dom stuff would be mainly in the bedroom, but you're saying sometimes it would leak out of the bedroom. So of course in the bedroom, tie her up, spank her, all, all the kinky shit she wants. But then you would also be having a conversation. You'd be like, Hey, you know what? I don't like the way you're acting today sleep your ass on the couch and she would say yes daddy um so for those well at least so the where i would have her sleep on the couch or the the um closet was just with my first wife just because i was an asshole and mistreated her that way with the other ones when they misbehave i just spank them or i deny them sex like i tell them okay you're not getting sex today because you didn't you didn't make me happy and depending on that relationship, I would bring another sub in and fuck her in front of the one that misbehaved to show her, Hey, I'm going to get it. You're not because you're not, you're not, you're not, uh, following the line. You're not following the rules. And so it's just part of being an intercourse addict and falling into the king community. Holy fuck. Do you realize that your sex life is like the envy of 99% of men? Mm-hmm. My- you do? <laughs> An average month for me is most guys' lifetime, or at least <laughs> uh, before I realized I was an intercourse addict. Now it's, I don't even run through that many women. Now it's just kind of like I keep the same uh, small harem, you know, women that I keep talking to that I've known for the past few years. Because the downside of having been an intercourse addict and not realizing it and mistreating women is a lot of women enjoy being used and misused and treated like an object and being objectified, but they only like that in the bedroom. They still want you to treat them as a human being outside of that. And mm-hmm. I wasn't doing that. I was just using and abusing them. And if they didn't like it, oh, well, I'll find a new one. Since I realized I was an intercourse addict, my approach to sex wasn't just to get it in. It was, okay, I want a healthy relationship with a woman or women in general. And so I take care of them, treat them as a normal human being, have conversations with them, talk about their life, their husband, their children, whatever's got going on. And when they get divorced or when they end up being single again, we might play again if we're in the same city. And so with that, I can have technically my rotation that I like and enjoy, but I don't have to have the commitment of a relationship because I'm still talking to these women over the years. And whenever one of us are free, then we'll go ahead and play together. Do you believe it's true whenever people say that uh, guys, it, like a man needs to get that phase out of his system before he settles down, that, you know, I'm just going to fuck a bunch of women. Do you think that it, it, that a man should get that over with before settling down? or 
that's uh that's kind of a loaded question or not even loaded just hard for me to answer for other men because everybody's going to be different in hindsight i would trade all of my experiences all these women that i've been with to have one of those high school relationships that they're you know just each other's first and together for the past 20 plus years um yeah and then that's that's just me because i know i've been on both sides of it my wife that passed away when we were together i mean we were that hashtag relationship goals couple that everybody wanted to be like envied us or wanted to fuck us. And so having that relationship, I wish I could have had that from high school onward. And that was, you know, the healthiest, best relationship I've ever had. And so having that type of relationship, having had all the shit I've done throughout my life with all the women I've had, I would be okay with just one woman, but it takes more than just sex. It's having, uh, the mental, spiritual, uh, emotional maturity to be able to have that because it's technically emotionally immature to want to have sex with a bunch of women. And it's not saying that it's wrong or unhealthy. It's just more of, you know, you can have your, you can eat your cake and have it too if you approach things the right way. I think it's really important that you say that and that people hear that from you instead of me because you, you know, you fucked a thousand women, you know, your previous sex addict. It's kind of like, it's like, if I want to know, Hey, is it cool to be a movie star? I don't want to hear that from you. I want to hear that from Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. So to hear you say, yeah, man, you know, I would rather settle down with a high school sweetheart is, is really impactful. Mm -hmm. What did you feel like the day after your wife passed? Uh, that I fell back into my bad habits. Cause it was, it was the, Again, the healthiest relationship I had, and that broke my heart. And but what was uh, your emotions like? What did you feel like? You woke up the day after. What was your emotions? What was your so thoughts? She was in a car accident and was in a coma for a week, and she was Fuck. technically brain dead by the second day. So oh she, my we, God. the whole family and everybody knew that she was against that. She didn't want to be a vegetable. She wanted to be the plug, plug pulled and. We knew this from the, like, when we first started dating, that was one of the first conversations we had. Her family knew about it. So we were waiting a week for everybody to kind of be able to come and kind of pay their respects. So it, it sucked and it was painful to um, see her like that. Uh, you know, she uh, had an arm in a cast. She had a uh, black eye, cuts, scrapes, and bruises all over her. And so um, it, it was, um, as a man, for me, an identity part of my being a man or manhood is being able to protect your loved ones. And there was nothing I could do for her. I wasn't a doctor. There wasn't I can do to take her pain away. There wasn't anything I can do to fix her. So that hurt me, not just emotionally, but also kind of felt like an attack on my manhood that I wasn't there to protect her. I wasn't there to prevent this from her. Uh, after she passed away, or you know, once uh, we pulled the plug and uh, her heart stopped, it. Um, hmm. Fuck, man. There, there isn't a way to 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 put it into words other than feeling an emptiness in my chest because you know every night I would I would sing to her. I'd, I'd sing her some made up song or I'd make a parody of a song and just kind of you know just just sing to her every night and we had a rule that we would not go to bed angry at each other. And we never did. We always had conversations. The best thing about the relationship was if she didn't like something I did or she was upset at something that I did, she would tell me, hey, babe, 
you did this a couple of days ago. I've been thinking about it and I didn't like it because blah, blah, blah. And so I'd sit and sit on it and realize, you know what? She's right. That was fucked up of me. Or it might be, well, I don't think it's that fucked up. Let's, let's talk about this and figure out another way to deal with it. And so that's why it was the healthiest relationship for me. And at the same time, having her gone was just like, why do I need to be here? There's no point for me to be here anymore. Um, you know, she was my reason for being a better man. And so within, I think two, three hours, uh, I'd fucked one of her friends. Now to, to back Holy up a bit, we would have threesomes with women left and right. We would have okay. two or three threesomes a month. Um, we'd had <laughs> a couple of foursomes with other women. So it wasn't outside the realm. There's people that knew that we were like that. And we would invite some women to come play with her from time to time. So some of these women were people I'd already slept with. Others were women that, you know, wanted to play with us or had heard rumors, but they weren't gay or bi or interested in women so they didn't want to do anything but now that i was technically single they were all over it so within the first 24 hours i hooked up with four other women just to feel something it wasn't even that i wanted to feel better i just wanted to feel something because i was like you often hear i was dead inside i just didn't give a shit about anything and uh after that uh, I i got tired or not even tired i just didn't want to fall back into that bad habit and just be a sex addict again. So I tried to force myself to be an alcoholic. Um, and yeah, you don't hear me, that every day. <laughs> me being in my, at the time I was in my mid thirties and hangovers just suck. It, it just wasn't worth it anymore. So no. I just realized I need to go back and start kind of getting back into the program, uh, working through my recovery and then kind of get in a better place. I was still fucking around. Uh, not as bad as when I was an intercourse addict, but more than I was after I realized what I was doing. So I was getting about two girls a week versus only focusing on women to have a relationship with. So at that time, that first six months was me trying to find someone to replace her, but then feeling guilty for trying to replace her. So it was just kind of like a little vicious cycle of, of living that type of life. Do you think she was your soulmate? I think so, yeah. Um, we had, you know, pet nicknames for each other. We had, uh, kind of conversations about, you know, why didn't I find you sooner? Why didn't you come out here? Or why didn't this or the other? But, uh, we were happy with who we were and how we had our relationship because when we were together, uh, we did more in the four years and 11 days we were together than most married couples do in 20. We very rarely stayed home. Uh, when we first started dating, we were living in two different cities, but we would spend three day weekends with each other. And it was like staycations. We would either meet up in a small town halfway in between, or I'd go to her. She'd come to me. Uh, we'd go out basically every night we were together and not going out drinking. I mean, go out to like, uh, galas, uh, museum openings, divorce parties, whatever, any type of thing that just go out and socialize. So I think that's the reason, or one of the reasons people would see us as hashtag relationship goals, because we were great together, but we were fine being alone. We could go to a party, arrive together, mingle with new, different people, make new friends. And, you know, at the end of the night, then just leave together. And we didn't have to be, we weren't that couple that had to be next to each other, had to be touching each other's hand or holding each other's hand or whatever all the time we could be fine on our own 
be the life of the party and then just go home and go do something else on our own. And eventually we kind of got tired. Hey, man, we're we're getting older. We can't keep this up all the time. So once a month we would have uh, a D&D game. And after D&D, we would have a little potluck and then we'd have a bonfire and either karaoke, I DJ, or I would just, we just hang out and just enjoy the fire with friends. So, you know, even though we were taking it easy one night a month, we were still doing stuff together and hosting parties. Man, fuck. This is beautiful, dude. This sounds incredible. How, how do you deal with the fact that uh, I'm guessing no other woman will ever meet those type of expectations or those goals or that type of bond you had with her? It, it is difficult because it's even harder nowadays just to find someone that's willing to settle down with traditional gender roles because that's the type of relationship I prefer. I don't like this um, equality stuff or, yeah, I'm a boss bitch. and I get, I mean, You can be a boss bitch over there, but at home, I'm daddy. I'm the king. You'll be my queen, but I rule. You follow my rules. And some women are into that, but just for the kink side, but don't want to have their relationship on it. Or other women are interested in the relationship but not into kink so it's more just difficulty finding a woman that's going to be into that and that's also the way or the reason i date the way i do i date multiple women at once and i won't even commit or settle down to one until we've been seeing each other for about a year because i want to see how they behave around christmas and around valentine's because i don't celebrate either uh for valentine's i do a thing i call valloween which is like second Halloween for Valentine's Day, have a little party there. And Christmas, I'm just against it for a bunch of other reasons. But um, the only thing I enjoy is just Black Friday, so I can buy myself cheap stuff. But um, So yeah, it's difficult to find a woman. I'd like to settle down, but the problem is it's hard to find women that are on that level or even want that type of relationship. Why aren't you against just all holidays then? Oh, not Why, all, why just- those two? Uh, so Valentine's, I with my wife, it was just kind of a, an example of we don't have to celebrate or show how much we love each other one day out of the year. We did it every day. Mm. And then with Christmas, my thing against it is Christmas has nothing to do with Christ other than having Christ in the name. Um, and I'm not a huge Christian. I mean, I am a Christian, but I'm more of that's my religion. That's my belief. But I'm not going to espouse uh, doctrine or you know, say, oh, you're a bad person because you're not a Christian. You do you. I'm going to do me, but my relationship with God is mine. And so with Christmas, it's we're celebrating with Santa Claus. Nobody really talks about Christ. We're talking about a fat burglar coming into your house. And if your kids behave, <laughs> they'll get a present, right? You're trying, a fat you burglar. Your kids. He's a burglar. He's fucking breaking into your house, right? He's dropping Going down your still. chimney. Exactly. Or however he gets in. But the point is, we're teaching our kids to behave based on a lie and then we get surprised when our kids don't want to go to church because you know a lot of christian uh celebrations are based on lies and you know the church doesn't get why we don't have more kids staying in in church or not coming back or whatever so there's there's a bunch of reasons or that's just one of the bigger ones that i don't like christmas i even have an episode on that too about why i hate christmas sorry Holy i abhor christmas yeah i've heard a lot of people and i kind of think of it too i Uh, I'm ashamed to admit that it took me many years to think of it like this, but it seems like a lot of holidays and Christmas being the biggest one is just an excuse for companies to go into our pocket and get fucking all kind of money from us and shit like that. And and you're right. It is, for example, Christmas is all about, you know, it's supposed to be like about the birth of Jesus. 
no one talks about that. Even like 4th of July and stuff like that is supposed to be about our country, our independence. No one talks about that. We have Memorial Day in a little while. Um, it, it just seems like it's, oh, it's a holiday. Go buy a bunch of shit. Um, what, what was the best single moment of your life? Hmm. Life. Ooh. Single moment. So not like a year. I, I'm yeah, guessing for, I, 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 I'm guessing it would be sex because I, I, I don't know, but, uh, be, because if I were to ask like a meth addict, what was your best moment? He would probably tell me the first time I took meth, right? Cause you can't beat fucking drugs. No, I think the best moment was, uh, and it's kind of like more of a feeling, but the best moment was, uh, when my daughter was, you know, super proud of me in elementary, uh, this was before her mom started kind of my, my first wife started um, kind of bad mouthing me to her because she was mad at me and couldn't do anything to, to hurt my feelings or piss me off. But up until before that point, you know, for my daughter, I was her Superman. Like I could do no wrong. Um, she was always excited for me to go to school because at the time I worked nights. So I would go to like all her field trips and field days and be a chaperone and stuff. And so I would carry um, coolers full of ice and drinks, you know, on my shoulders. And they were like, oh man, he's so strong, blah, 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 your daddy. And she was like, yeah, that's my daddy, that's my daddy. So for me, that was like the best feeling. So once my wife and I got divorced, um, you know, I haven't talked to my daughter since. She just won't talk to me anymore because everything my Fun. wife said yeah that that is kind of fucked up but um that's also why i enjoy the daddy dom little girl relationship because it's not sexual it can be sexual but for me i get the enjoyment of someone seeing me as a superman and that's the you know me trying to replace those feelings and for me kink in general is kind of like the poor man's uh therapy because you're dealing with whatever traumas or issues you have in your life in a sexual manner so you can either normalize your feelings or you can get past whatever's going on but that's just a way for someone to release it doesn't have to be sexual it doesn't have to be penetrative for sexually penetrative but it can be sexually charged and still be enjoyable for you to um, get some type of satisfaction or get that feeling of goodness that you need in your life to fill that emptiness because you know mental health isn't as an important thing as I think it should be now it's getting better, but for the most part, there's still kind of a stigma with mental health. Isn't that crazy as shit that you can essentially brainwash a little kid into believing whatever you want and that this is weaponized usually against like, you know, parents who are fell out of favor with the other one? Like, how, how did that shit feel? That had to feel super helpless to be to have your daughter. I'm sure you loved her more than anything. And then to know that she's not with you, but she's kind of being brainwashed in a way against you. Um, at first, I didn't care. Uh, at, at first, like that wasn't even on my mind because, you know, I assumed that she didn't want to talk to me because, you know, she was mad that I wasn't in the house, that she wasn't she was mad that I wasn't around like that. That was my initial thought. And at the time, I was still an intercourse addict. I didn't even know I was. So I was like, oh, fuck it. Now I can go do whatever I want. I don't have to worry about getting caught. I don't have to worry about hiding my phone. I don't have to worry about this, that, or the other. I can go buck wild and do what I want again. So that was my initial thought. It wasn't until maybe two months that I was, you know what? I haven't heard from my daughter. Like, I haven't talked to her mm -hmm. and I felt guilty. Like, 
shit. I, I hadn't reached out to her. I hadn't done anything. So when I tried to talk to her, you know, she just wouldn't respond. She wouldn't talk to me. She'd hang up the phone, whatever. And I didn't get it. So I talked to my wife because we were, we weren't civil at that point. We would talk because we had to for one reason or another. But it was, you know, well, I don't know why she's mad at you. I don't know what you, you should probably go talk to her. Like, how am I going to talk to her? She's not listening. Let me, you know, can you put her on the phone? And so she was kind of egging it on and kind of throwing it in my face. And eventually, uh, you know, once we kind of had a, had it out before we got the divorce finalized, she said, yeah, I told her everything that you did. Cause she needs to know what type of man her father is. Like, what does it have to do? Your relationship and mine has nothing to do with my daughter's relationship. Like, I could still be a good father to her, even though I was an asshole to you. And so it's been, it's been a problem or, you know, shitty life. Fuck, man. Do you, do you think that sex addiction is more destructive than drug addiction? Uh, it depends on how deep one or the other is. Um, mm. With drug addiction, I mean, you either die or you come close to dying and realize I need to change something. With sex addiction, it can't. I think it could be worse because you don't even know you have a problem. You don't even know it is a problem until, exactly. you know, at some point, hopefully you get a revelation because you're not going to OD on sex. You might catch, you know, the HIV, you might catch, you know, whatever type of STI and well, now you got to live with it. But even then that's not going to stop you like, Oh shit, maybe I should change my ways. Cause if you get the HIV, well, it's too late. You know, yeah, now you're fucked, but you know, herpes or anything else that you have, well, you know, you can live with it. You can still have sex. You can still have partners, just be honest with them, whatever. So it is, it can be more destructive in the sense that you don't even realize it's a problem versus losing your life. So it's kind of, you know, six of one thing, half a dozen of another. It just depends on how you look at it. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and that, that's kind of what I was thinking because I was trying to put myself in your shoes. And I don't even, I don't think it would ever really click to me that it is a problem. Like, oh, you know, I'm just, hey, I'm just having lots of sex. Mm -hmm. When did it click for you? Was there a moment? Yeah. Um, so after my divorce, I, you know, got on dating websites because this is 2010. So there's still smartphones, but there wasn't as many apps out there as there are now. And yeah. anyways, I met this girl and we were talking. We hooked up a couple of times, but that for some reason, something told me, you know what? She's gonna be a good friend. Don't fuck it up. So just be friends with her. And uh, she was a codependent food addict and love addict. And she was going to what's called Celebrate Recovery. And Celebrate Recovery is a Christian-based, essentially like AA, SAA, um, NA, all the anonymouses that are out there, but all in one place. And the way it works is everybody comes in, male and female, comes to a big group, and they'll have some type of Bible reading or someone will share their testimony or someone will read a testimony from someone from another location because it's a, I know it's nationwide, it might be international uh, group that, uh, you know, hosts, hosts these things and they're always in a church. So it's kind of Christian based, but, um, they don't try to force you. Oh, you have to come to this church or whatever. Cause they're across all denominations. It's any church that they can, that'll host them. And so all they ask is that you don't trash talk, you know, God or, you know, make fun of it. Just, you know, go there and enjoy. No one's going to try to make you come to church. No one's going to try to make you convert is just, acknowledge that it's a Christian based thing. So you're going into that with your eyes open. Um, 
And so after that little reading or whatever they have going on, then everybody breaks off into their groups by sex. So females go on one side, males go on another. And depending on what your addiction is, whether it's, you know, drugs, alcohol, um, sex, love, food, codependency, whatever. Um, women have more of the emotional stuff. Guys have more of the, um, the chemical stuff, uh, drugs and alcohol. Although women, there are women that have alcohol addictions. But anyways, in those groups... Um, I was going to the sex addicts one and she would go to whichever one was she needed help with that week. And the reason I was going is because beforehand we would hang out whenever she was getting off of those things. So she'd go two or three nights a week. And so for us to hang out, I had to wait for her to be done. And a lot of times she wouldn't even get out till like 10 o'clock at night because she couldn't say no, I got to go. She was too much of a people pleaser. So she would do this, get stuck hanging around, listen to someone's sob story or get roped into helping cleaning up or whatever. So the reason I went was just to like, oh, hey, we got to go. We're going to catch this movie. It starts at 905. We'll see you next week. And I just went to the sex addict one because, well, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drunk. I'm not into you know drugs. I don't do anything else. So fuck it. I'll go to the sex addicts group. The sex addicts group, uh, most of the guys in there would talk about either being addicted to porn or um, addicted to talking to sex workers and just trying to talk dirty to them because they could talk dirty to a sex worker and they wouldn't get slapped like they would with a normal woman. And so I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I uh, masturbated twice today. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, watched porn, right? Just trying to play along, play the role. Yeah. And um, I think it was after about a month that I was going that this guy shared his story. He shared his testimony about being a drug addict. And when he was sharing his story, I was actually paying attention. And all the reasons he gave, you know, he, you know, having a bad day, uh, getting to fight with his wife, X, Y, and Z, all the reasons he gave were the same reasons I used to have sex. Mm-hmm. And it was just like each time he said it, he just kept giving me like a stab in the heart, like, hey, pay attention, pay attention. And it was just surprising for me to like, oh, shit, sex addiction, intercourse addiction is a real thing. And crap, that's me. And so that was uh, a little scary and also kind of a reality check that I fucked up a lot of things in my life because I'm an intercourse addict. And so... It took me probably a good day or two to say, okay, now I need to fix this. How do I fix this? And of course, I was going to all these groups because we wouldn't just go to one. We would go to different locations. We'd go two, three times a week, but uh, you could go seven days a week all across Houston to different um, Celebrate Recovery groups. And, you know, I'd been to all of them and been to all of these sex addicts groups. So I'm like, well, shit, there's not like I can go just on Fridays or just on Thursdays to this one place because they don't know me there. All of them knew me. All of them knew that I'd said I was a uh, porn addict. And so I was a little embarrassed to say, hey, guys, actually, I'm a sex addict, but I thought you guys are lame. And I didn't want to say that. And I didn't realize I was. (laughs) So luckily, I had a health plan. So I saw my therapist or, you know, went and found some therapists to uh, try to see what I could do to fix it. But with therapists, for me, they were too clinical. For me, it was like... Uh, the difference between electrical engineer and electrician. Electrical engineer knows everything that you need to do, the code and how it's supposed to work to build a house or build a building or the electrical components that go into it. But they have no idea how to put it on or how to put it together or how to wire or anything, right? As an electrician, I have that practical knowledge. So for me, it was like, I'm an electrician, I'm a sex addict, I know how to do things. You're just this clinician that knows by the book how things happen, how things kind of work and 
you know, the, the proper terms for things, but you don't know how to do what I do. So I couldn't connect with them. I couldn't respect them. And I couldn't listen to their advice because yeah, sure. Whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I switched over to SAA, Sex Addict Anonymous. And in there, at least in the two groups that I went to, uh, and I, I tried different times of days and different, lo- or two different locations with different times of day, different meetings that they had. And almost all of them were just kind of the same thing. Yeah, man. Um, I, I didn't have any sex today and I felt like I wanted to have sex, but I called my sponsor and we sat down and talked about it. And I told him this kind of sex stuff that I wanted to do, but I shouldn't because Damn. I don't want to disappoint them. And I don't want to disappoint you guys and blah, 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 blah. And sex, 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 sex. You know, they, they weren't addressing their issues. They were just talking about not wanting to disappoint someone or let someone else down. So it was more of living up to a standard, not fixing the root cause. And so I said, fuck it. Let me give celebrate recovery a try again and went there started working through there and in it when you're in the smaller groups when they see that you really do want to fix your problems you get invited into what's uh what's called a small step study group or step study group and you work through the steps and the steps are Mm. essentially designed uh through booklets and you know asking you important or asking you random questions like you know when you get mad what do you feel or when you get angry what's the cause and when was the first time you ever feeling this so kind of an example is you know if you get angry because some coworker you know snarky at you and tells you yeah that's what she said dumbass and so it's not that they called you a dumbass it's not that they talk back to you you're just angry because it reminds you of a tone your aunt, your grandmother, your cousin, your father, somebody used when you were a kid and you couldn't do anything about it because you're a kid, because you can't talk back to them. You got to respect them. So you're harboring this anger from childhood and it's basically because of the tone, not because of what was said. So your anger kind of goes back, you know, further than the instance because there's nothing about it that should make you mad. And so it's kind of those things of learning how to deal with different types of situations because you're going back and addressing issues you've had growing up. So that's how I kind of worked through all of this. And in that, I kind of stayed sober, quote unquote, where I didn't have sex for just shy of six months. And after that, uh, my first one, I hooked up with this girl that I was kind of talking to and trying to hook up with back in the day, but I kind of blew it because I did the stupid thing and uh, listening to her conversation about what she looks for in a guy. And I was like, I'm that. You're describing me. We should be boyfriend and girlfriend. As soon as I said it, I knew I fucked up. And so I just kind of kept her at bay. And over time, eventually we ended up hooking up uh, July 4th, 2012. So anyways. Damn. Yo, what do you think about kind of this whole um, like mental health thing, right? So suicide rates are going up. Depression rates are going up. Mental illness is going up. Everybody's fucking sad as shit all the time. You know, my my opinion or my loosely held belief or or just back of the, the napkin type of math on this and and I'm open to being wrong is that I think in today's world we just don't have real fucking problems. You know, people you you press a button, you get shit delivered straight to you. You go to the grocery store, you don't have to go grow the rice yourself. You just buy some fucking rice, some eggplants and shit like that. You don't have to kill the cow. You don't have to kill the you you don't have a fucking lion trying to eat you or nothing like that. And for example, if you look at for example tribes, like native tribes in the Amazon, their suicide rate and depression rate is zero. Like they don't even understand the concept. Uh, I think uh, I've seen a YouTube video. This guy said uh, he went contact one of these tribes and I guess they were friendly to outsiders. But this was a hunter gatherer tribe, right? They were fucking naked. They kill monkeys. They eat them with sticks. I mean, they don't have technology. And he's like, uh, 
what, what is your biggest fear in life, right? Like this big philosophical question, what's your biggest fear? And he said, lions. I'm scared of lions. <laughs> and then he asked this dude, he said, oh, okay, okay, that's, that's really cool. What do you think, where do you think you go when you die? Like these big philosophical questions that we worry about here in the States. And this guy said, we put them in a hole. That, that's where you go when you die. That, that's it. And I think that this, like, we just don't have problems in, in the world, bro. And people are just like making up shit. They're sitting on their hands and their brain just goes fucking haywire. I think that's what's happening. What do you think? That's a loaded question. So, oh, man. Let it rip, dude. Let it rip. On one hand, I understand the need for mental health because it it makes us better individuals. Um, On the other, I think part of the problem is parenting. This uh, overprotection, a lot of this is, and I'm I'm guessing, I'm I'm, um, extrapolating and making a lot of assumptions that a lot of our problems in society is the parents we have nowadays are not the parents we had growing up. You know, for for Gen Xers, I mean, fuck it, sink or swim, bitch, fuck you, like you know, whatever. And for these other kids, um, younger millennials, I think elder millennials have kind of had a little bit of that. But younger millennials, you know, oh Timmy, take care of yourself and don't forget this, don't forget that. So you're 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 put a lot of pressure to not think about things and have a lot of pressure on you to have these expectations. And so it's not. Um, hey, just, just real quick, you, you you know what's crazy about that is that the helicopter parent that you're describing, and I I completely agree, it goes completely against every statistic. Kids are safer, like orders of magnitude more safe nowadays that we have helicopter parents than they were in the fucking 70s and 80s. Like kids were getting picked up like 10 times more, molested 10 times more, killed 10 times more back then than they are now. But now we helicopter parent. It's fucking crazy. And that's more of an American thing, I think, because uh, so I have a friend uh, fuck, was it Finland? He went to up there. It's not Sweden. Swedish is Ikea. He's not in Ikea country, but yeah. he's in one of those two up there. He's <laughs> whatever's north of Estonia. Um, he went over there and he'd been living there and he was going, walking his way, walking to work. And he saw these two kids in a tree. One was uh, a girl that was, I think she's like five feet high. And they were both like five or six years old. Like they were small children. Uh, the girl was sitting on the tree and she was whittling with the knife. And the boy was down near at the top, which who knows how high it was. He said it looked like it was 50 feet. Who knows how tall it was, but it was pretty high up there for a kid. And um, he's over there freaking out and trying to talk to them. His Finnish or Swedish or whatever fucking language it was, it wasn't that good. And he's trying to communicate communicate to them like, hey, get down, you know, be careful. Do you need me to help you down? Blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of started starting a commotion, causing a scene where other Finnish people were coming around and I think it was like the third or fourth person finally understood enough English where he could communicate with them to communicate that he was worried about these kids that could hurt themselves right and the the I'm guessing Finnish I'm going to stick with Finnish the Finnish person said <laughs> they got up there they can come down like they get themselves up there they'll get themselves down and then he was like but she has a knife he was like yeah she knows which side is sharp has she cut herself and so that blew his mind and it kind of changed his perspective of like, hey, we worry too much about kids. And, you know, um, my parenting style, there's there's a cartoon of like um, uh, kangaroo and like, I'll hold you in my pouch until you're ready to go out into the world. And there's 
uh, a polar bear and I'll teach you how to be a bear and take you around the world and all those other things. And then you see a bird and it just kicks him out the uh, nest. Fly, bitch. Like, that's my parenting style. Like, figure <laughs> it out. Fly or die. I don't care. Um, but as, going back to your question about, like, mental health and, and suicide rates, I have a disdain for suicides. Like, I... And, and this is something I need to change or, or kind of work on, but I I feel like if you kill yourself, like, a you you fuck up your family because you know your parents, your siblings, your kids, whoever is above or below you that's still around, like that fucks with them mentally. Like you fuck up their lives. One. Yeah. Two, you're that much of a pussy that you can't handle the problems, air quotes, that are in this world. There's nothing out there trying to kill you actively. Sure, you might go to the bad side of town and get mugged and killed, but generally, most civilians aren't going to get killed or murdered in their day-to-day -day lives, unless they have some kind of psycho ex or some type of situation that they put themselves in. But by and large, we can expect to live to 70 or 80 years old, like those Amazon tribes that you're talking about, or any indigenous peoples that still live off the land, their life expectancy is a little bit lower because they're always out in the elements because of the way they live it's lower but they're happier in general and we over here we're trying to find all these things and we have this technology and all this other crap and you got to be a little bitch with your life and kill yourself because it's too hard so on that sense fuck them like i don't respect any suicide uh, their body of work, and I'm talking about celebrities too, like, you know, celebrity suicides, Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, <laughs> but with with mental health, I do think it's important to get people to get to a better place so they're more self-resilient and more resilient. But I think that mm. starts with parenting and teaching kids to be self-sufficient and self-reliant versus doing everything for them, and then they hit the real world and can't do shit for themselves because, oh my God, it, it's too much work to call dominoes and place an order, which you can do with the app now. So what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> hey, you don't have to come off that suicide take, dude. Fuck them. Fuck them. Because mm, that's... <sighs> because if a person is really contemplating suicide, the worst thing you could tell them is, you know, fuck you, you soft bitch. Right? That's, the, that's honestly the worst thing you could tell them, right? It's the worst thing... So if you're contemplating suicide, don't go kill yourself. But, dude, you make a great point, and it's an original thought, so fuck them. No. On that note, I think suicide hotline should be how to do it without making a mess. Fuck calling, oh, <laughs> kill myself. Please tell me not to kill myself. I want to. I need attention. Fuck you. Do it. You're a little bitch. You don't have the balls. Kill yourself. <laughs> Yo, this You're hey, this this is so. Air. You're wasting my air. Do it. Hurry up. This, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we should rework it instead of like the suicide hotline. It should be like we give you like here's the best way to kill yourself, bro. Are are you in the pain? Cut your wrist. You don't want pain. You just want to go blow your brains out. But uh, so so we met on Reddit. Reddit has like suicide. Like I'm thinking about suicide subreddits, right? And if you go on these, it, they'll, like a guy will make a post and he'll say, all right, this is it. Tomorrow, it's over. Sorry. And everybody, bah, 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 oh my gosh, don't do it. Someone loves you out there. And you see, this post was made a year ago. They made the same post yesterday. It's like, so not only did you not kill yourself, but you're, you're continually doing it. And I, I think you hit it on the head, bro. It's attention. Now, hey, don't get me wrong. There's some crazy ass people out there like who's legit, like mentally fucking ill. And like these people, 
they'll kill themselves and that fucking sucks. But I think most of it is like some needy ass teenagers, mostly young people. Let's just call it what it is. It's young people. It's people my age or younger who are just out there and they just like, you know what? I didn't get enough attention and uh, you know what? I'm not pretty, so I can't get attention from other people. I'm not talented. I can't get attention from other people. I'm not smart, so I'm going to kill myself or else. <laughs> Some crazy shit, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's it's annoying because you know there are people that would kill for the opportunities that most people have in the industrialized world. There are people in Latin America and South America that would love to just live in your house they don't even need the food you have they'll go get their own whatever they need to do just to be able to have a house as nice as yours to have a tv like just Mm -hmm. all those different things that we have in our life and oh it sucks my mom won't let me go to my boyfriend's house and suck his dick you know fuck i can go in the backyard do something don't go be a whore somewhere else (laughs) whatever yeah man this is a good point too and this this just goes to show that like environment matters because I think the average person in the world lives on like less than a dollar a day, right? I mean, uh, a little more. And and so, oh, man, on that point, man, we're gonna we're gonna get some conspiracy theories now. So, fuck yeah, I think Russia and China have it right. And I'm not talking about like the the way society is or Putin or you know uh, whatever is over there. I'm thinking more of how their societies are. The average Russian, their maximum debt like the the average debt for a russian is 20 dollars, 20 us dollars oh i now, didn't know that for perspective i mean they're also living on depending on what city they're in but between uh 15 to 40 dollars a day is what they need to live on and we're talking about all their meals and their utilities and their home right and that's because they don't have a central bank like we have with um the international bank, the, the banking system that we have in the world. And I think a lot of our wars are to make people fall under this same one rule. And for whatever reason, Americans in the Western civilization believe that inflation is okay. Inflation is right. Uh, and that's why Chinese labor is so cheap because they don't have to raise their prices. They don't have inflation because they don't have a world bank artificially inflating the prices of things, adding too much money and devaluing it, devaluing their, uh, Currency, you know, our currency is worth less now than it's ever been. You know, back in the 30s, you can buy a house for, I think it was like $2,000 and inflation keeps going up and up. And oh no, that's the way the economy works. Now it doesn't have to. We could still live off of, you know, a few thousand dollars a year because back then the money was backed by gold. Now it's just based off of a whole bunch of other tech that goes behind it, but too much to get into it now. And so I think those countries are happier because they don't have their debt because they can live a sustainable life with you know just a few dollars a day or a couple hundred dollars a week versus us we got to have a couple hundred dollars a day and we got to have the newest cell phone we have to have the newest iphone yeah. or the newest samsung or whatever to be happy with our lives when you can look at other countries and for the most part they're happier they're content with their lives they're not missing out and in a sense it kind of falls into ignorance as bliss. If you don't know you're missing out on something, then you don't know you're not a happy. Like with those indigenous tribes. Yeah, uh, the indigenous tribes are a great point. I, I, I think people should talk more about that because these people are happy as fuck. So how is inflation so bad? So is it? So let, let's just talk about bread. Let's just keep it simple. So bread goes up twenty percent. If my salary goes up twenty percent as well, isn't that all good? Or you're saying that's not happening? That's not happening. No. 
Um, when's the last time you got a race? Like like it, like every year usually. But I listen. I I have like one of the best jobs in the world. I get paid way too much. I, I'm not a good example. But whenever I worked at McDonald's, I mm-hmm. would get. Um, I worked at McDonald's for like four years flipping burgers. I would get like a nickel raise um, every year, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. Inflation on average is three to four percent every year in the U.S. Since mm-hmm. 1930, shit, 33, 32, um, ever, ever since we started recovering from the Great Depression. So every year, 3%. So uh, 1933, a dollar is now worth 97 cents and keeps going that way, dividing, you know, three, subtracting 3% off of that every year until nowadays. Um, or you can use one of those um, internet calculators, I think it's called uh, 2013 dollar calculator, where you put in a date, a uh, past date and the current date, and it'll say $100 back in uh, 1883 is worth, you know, $7,000 nowadays or whatever, you know, just do whatever you want to use. So yeah. if you're only making five cents a year, that's not even a percent because you're, if you're making minimum wage and depending on I was on making started, eight bucks. Okay, eight bucks. That's not even 1%. Five cents is not 1% of your salary. <laughs> so you're getting less than inflation. So every year you're working at McDonald's, not getting a 3% raise, you're losing money. So when you go to buy that, that uh, loaf of bread and gallon of milk, you know, your first year you could buy it off of $1 wages after taxes. Your next year, it takes you an hour and 15 minutes to buy that milk and buy that bread. Four years later, it takes you three hours to buy milk and bread. And so, Mm. you know, you're, you're exchanging time for money. So that doesn't even, doesn't even compute. So of course life sucks. Now people have to have two different jobs and people want $15 an hour for minimum wage, which that's a whole other thing. I'm not against raising the minimum wage, but I'm against people staying at McDonald's for 15, 20 years, expecting to get $30 an hour and not, excuse me, and not having any skills to back it up. Oh, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that, that's common sense. Pe- people who make the opposing argument, I mean, that, uh, that, that's completely, that's like calling the sky purple It's okay. You think that cool, go over there. Um, but yeah, so I, I see what you're saying. Because the the flip side is is you could just demonize the company. Say, hey, man, what the fuck? Inflation went up 5%. Why didn't all the companies get 5% raises? They're shithole people. But from their perspective, I can kind of understand it, right? It's like, damn, you can't expect me to keep up with the central bank every fucking year. So you're saying that, hey, if the central bank uh, just stops inflation, then, hey, everything's good. There's no more action needed for everybody to be good to go. Yes, but to do that, you would have to remove the central bank, or at least in the U.S., the Federal Reserve, which is not a U.S. government entity. It's a private bank. They have absolutely nothing to do with the U.S. government other than having the contract to print money. Um, How did and, that shit happen? What 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 the fuck huh. is this, dude? That's so weird. I'll I'll just tell tell you and your listeners to Google the creature from Jekyll Island. Um, it all started with uh, or J.P. Morgan Chase and a couple other people, congressmen back in uh, eighteen something, and they created the federal bank. And also, it's in concert with um, uh, the U.S. income tax. Before, only corporations got taxed, and corporations, banks, uh, convinced the U.S. government, "Hey, you can get more money if you tax people as well and create a tax code." So we became um, money for the government 
19 shit 30 something somewhere in there same time as uh, the central bank we got the irs created and all these other things because before then we funded roads and we funded everything that needed to be done through the u.s government just by uh the u.s government itself they didn't have to tax people they were taxing the corporations and there weren't that many corporations to begin with yeah that's a good point i tell i fucking hate taxes and here's why it's not because listen it's not because i'm a fucking pig right i don't want to you know, I want roads. I want uh, national parks. I want, um, you know, to help old people or whatever with Medicare or whatever. Like, this is all great. Here's why I hate taxes. It's like a thug, right? It's like a thug comes up to me and I'm in school, right? I'm, let's say I'm in like sixth grade. He's bigger than me. He says, hey, bitch, give me your lunch money. And I just give him my lunch. All right, here you go, man. I'm fucking scared. Ah, don't, you know, don't fucking hit me. I don't know what he did with my lunch money. It doesn't even matter. There's nothing I could do about it, right? There's nothing I could do. That's what I feel like happens, man. You get that check, half the check's gone. Where did it go? Nobody fucking knows. All right, well, let me call somebody and figure out where it went. Nope, that doesn't. Nope, I have no clue. It's like, all right, cool. So it went to, right, taxes help with like, uh, you know, roads and like fucking mental health facilities and hospital. Bro, my roads are shit, okay? The hospitals are shit. Uh, traffic shit. It's like, well, what the fuck is happening? It's like, it's like the bully. It's just like, hey, give me that shit. I'm gonna do what I want with it. Fuck you. It's like, man, I don't even know where none of this shit's gone. I would like to at least. This is what I would like. Okay, we took a hundred dollars from you, Chris, for for your taxes. Uh, Ten dollars went to fix a second street around the corner. Uh, another twenty bucks went to give the teachers ten dollars raise. Uh, Forty bucks went to help build this house. Like, at least I can feel decent about myself but dude i have no fucking clue where this shit goes how do people pass like how are people okay with this people don't get together and vote for elected officials that will do things for them they keep voting for the incumbent and you know the people that vote are few and far between there's not that many. so for example like in texas um you know it they've got a shitty governor and I can say that for now for Texas, but the, you know, it's a red state and to flip that state is going to be nearly impossible because even though you have three of the, sorry, two of the top 10 populated cities in the U S uh, Houston and Dallas, even with San Antonio and Austin, those cities are usually blue, but the entire state of Texas is so large and red that, you know, yeah, you want to vote for a Democrat that's going to take care of, you know, women's rights or women's health issues like abortion and not take things off the table and, you know, actually improve the national grid. But because that Democrat mentioned that he wants to enforce some some type of gun control, not even explaining what he wanted to do, just mentioned it. The state said, fuck you. We're going to keep our red governor. We don't care. And so on that note, with how our money goes, it's, it's a different way to see it instead of it seen as a bully. It's kind of seeing it as you're giving someone a loan. You know, you're, you're loaning someone a little bit of your money every paycheck. And at the end of the year, when you, you know, that loan is up, you know, when you do your, file your taxes, now you got to go to that loan person that you loan to them and tell them, hey, um, I need that money back. And here are my reasons why. When you do your deductions and do your all your little math that you got to do for your taxes, you got to prove to the person that you loaned money to why you need your money back. And they'll say, okay, mm. most of this is right. Okay, we'll give you 90% of what you gave us. Or, well, actually, you owe us more money because you didn't give us enough. 
So what I do is I file for exempt. Whenever uh, I hire onto a job, you can do. There's a section where you can click essentially uh, exempt from taxes that you were due all your money back the previous year, and you'll be due all your money back this current year. And so all they'll take is uh, FICA, Medicare and something else i forget what it is but it's like three things and on a three thousand dollar check i only get like 250 taken out damn yo that's fucking excellent actually doesn't this kind of just expose that us humans or americans or whatever like we're just so easily manipulated by words and shit like that also Mm -hmm. government is so complex that Nobody fucking understands at all, right? They pass these bills like one a week. They're like 4,000 pages long. Because I, I think, for example, I think Barack Obama is probably the most charismatic president we've had. Unless maybe you could call Trump, but Trump's a bit abrasive. Uh, I think Obama could have been fucking everybody's wife and they still would have voted for him, right? He could have been, I mean, he could have been banging out your wife, but he was just so charismatic and that's what wins, so how do we fix this to actually like solve problems instead of voting in the person who just kind of like strokes us with his words? Um, I would think my, my idea or ideal situation would be one, everybody can vote from their phone. Um, you can only have one cell phone based on your social. It's a great idea. Everybody gets to vote that way instead of having to go and get registered and have, you know, all these voter fraud things that they're talking about and all those other situations. Some I think are true. Some have some points and some might be fake. I don't know. But to avoid that kind of thing, if you're a U.S. citizen, you get to vote regardless of whether you're a felon or not. I think you should be able to still vote. Um, Yes. Because the whole idea is, okay, you go pay your debt to society. But when you come out. As a felon, you still got a bunch of strikes against you. You know, you still have your criminal record that people can look up. You can't vote. There's a bunch of other things that make it harder for you to have a life outside of prison once you come back out. So then what's the point of being out here just going to do crime? But anyways, um, so one, everybody gets to vote on their phones. Two, instead of having presidential debates and being swayed by video and charisma, having someone do like a single paragraph as president, I would do one, two and three and have that and everybody gets to vote based off of that versus um, being swayed by looks because traditionally at least up until uh, Obama more often than not the younger better looking candidate always wins the presidency oh shit I didn't and this know this goes all the way back to uh, JFK that was a good looking man supposedly mm-hmm. uh, yeah that, that's so interesting you said that because the plan that you just laid out is essentially the one I kind of thought of as well one day, um, which is fucking crazy. I, I think exactly. I think you should have, I don't know, let's just call it like red, white, and blue app on your phone. It's ran by the government. You vote on that. And before you vote, you could just like scroll profiles, kind of like a, like a Facebook profile. And just like what you said, yeah, have as president, I'm going to do these three things don't have party party affiliations on it. Don't have um, any other things that will give them credibility. Like, for example, oh, I was a senator for 13 years. I passed this or anything. Just tell me what the fuck you're going to do. I don't even need to know your name, to be honest. You could give me a fake name. I don't give a shit. And that way, you're 100% right. I think that would that would fix it all. But I think we both know that this probably won't happen. No. It's sad. No. Let, do you want to go to a strange place with me? Are, are you in that type of mood today? Or? Yeah, we can do whatever. I mean, I got plenty of time. I'm free for the rest of the day. Bro, all right. 
let's go to a strange place, okay? I I don't know why, but my brain really deals in hypotheticals a lot. Um, I find other people's brain doesn't. Um, but here here's a hypothetical for you, okay? <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> it's World War II. It's the height of World War II. You live in Germany. You are a Jew. Some Anne Frank type shit, right? You're hiding. You get somebody bust in your door or whatever. Oh, no. You know, they, you, you're terrified, obviously. If anybody busts in your door, you're terrified. You get summoned. They say, hey, listen, listen, listen. No, it's okay. We are from the German. We are German soldiers. We're not going to hurt you. We're not going to hurt you. Adolf Hitler wants to talk to you, Gaio. Um, he wants to meet you. It's a very important thing. We're not going to kill you. And let's, let's just say hypothetically you believe them that they're not going to kill you. Because let's be honest, you don't have a choice at, at this point. If they want to kill you, you'd be dead. Mm-hmm. And you find out that Adolf Hitler wants to meet you because he somehow found you attractive. And he wants to have, he wants to be fucked by you. And so you meet Adolf Hitler and you walk into the door of his bedroom and what do you see, right? You're, you're fucking terrified. Oh, boy, I'm a Jew, right? And I just walked into whatever, the White House of Germany. I just walked into Adolf Hitler's. <laughs> this is outrageous. I just walked into Adolf Hitler's bedroom, and he's posing with his ass out, and he has a thong on. <laughs> would, would you fuck Hitler? It might. Dude, it might win the war. You never know. And, what, and so in exchange, I just get to live, or do I just rail him? You, like? Well, that no, uh, no. Okay, I'm I'm putting you in. It's like uh, you know how like video games, like you start off like it's like it fades and it's like all right, you're in the zombie apocalypse. You're just you are in Adolf Hitler's bedroom. He's looking at you with his ass out and his ass is hairy. Right, this is the 40s. They didn't shave. He's looking at you with his ass out and he has on like a little black lace thong, and he says, "Hey there, Gallo. What do you do next?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know if, if if my life depended on it, I probably would. I ha- might have a hard time getting it up because like there's nothing about a man that makes me say, you know what, I want to put my dick in that. Um, the, great point, by the way. Great told, point. Because like, hey, yeah, if no, yeah. no, th- no, this is a good point because y- you the soldiers because the soldiers cannot know the soldiers don't know that the reason you're in there is to fuck Hitler, right? So the soldiers are not in on it. Um, mm-hmm. you don't know either, right? You, you don't know. You just, all you know is you're being led into this room, right? And it's Hitler and he obviously wants to fuck, right? So you're terrified. Holy fucking shit. I'm terrified. And now you're thinking I need to get my dick up now. Right. And how, how are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. Or do you just I run? Mean, if, if it's, if I run, I get killed. Um, so if I, if I know, I'm going to get to live. I don't care if the war ends, but I'm going to get to live and not have to worry about being killed because I'm a Jew. Um, all I yeah. have to do is fuck them. You know, if, if that's a condition, then I'll, I'll just have to have them suck me up just to suck me hard to be able to get <laughs> in. Cause I, I could sit there and probably imagine something sexy. Um, and maybe my imagination would be better because you know, only rich people have TVs and, and all this other stuff. So then my imagination would have to be, you know, better than what it is now. So I think I probably could get it up. 
it, it'd be a tough time. I don't know if I could get in. I don't know. Is it conditions that I get him off or do I got a nut in him? Like, I, I don't know what the rules are. But if I just got to rail him, I can't no, myself you, to do it. You don't know the rules, dude. Like I said, all no. you know is you just walked it. You don't even know if you're going to live. Because oh, think about shit. it like this. Think about it like this. If you're Hitler and mm-hmm. you just got railed by a Jew, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to, because if that Jew goes the next day and tells everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I think that was part of the Nazi shit is like, they didn't like gay people. Like you can't be gay. Uh Right. So, and oh, Hitler's gay. So, you know what I'm saying? Like these, all of these angles. So, and it's like, all right, you know what? So, Hey, Hey Hitler, I, I, I would be thinking like, what, what do I want to call him to like make him happy? Hey, um, Nazi Hitler, big big daddy Hitler. Uh, hey, you want to come? Uh, you want to come suck this tube? And next thing you know, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'd, I'd suck that Jewish cock." And ne- next thing you know, his little fucking stash is rubbing a, your dick, right? Yeah. How you feel about that? I don't know, man. Like, I've never <laughs> had. I've, that's that's a, that's a wild hypothetical. The only ones I really considered is like if I ever do something where I end up in prison. Man, a mouth is a mouth. Like, I, I could probably get behind a little twink and, you know, have me a little fish, bitch. But I don't know if I could I could get behind railing or getting railed by anybody else. Like, that's just outside of prison. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. I mean, so unless you would I was die, guaranteed, right? hey, you're going to live, then, okay, fine, I'll find a way, too. But if I don't have that guarantee, fuck it, just kill me, you know? That Oh, man. So... So okay, so this is this is a great distinct. We found out today that you, Gaio, if you were given the ultimatum of some fucking gay sex with Hitler or death, you choose death. Yeah. So you would tell you would immediately scream. So like, Hitler's fucking gay. He wants me to fuck him. He's in a thong. Help me. Something. I would. Even, yeah. Fuck it. You know. Um. And then again, who knows? I'd probably even try to kill him if I knew that. Hey, it, may, it might not end the war. That's a great point. At least I would be able to avenge other Jews, so I'd I'd probably die trying to kill him or get to kill him and then get killed either way. But yeah, I that that is a weird hypothetical, but super. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with death. Yeah, because I just you know, and and even with that gay sex in prison, I mean, we're talking like life in prison, no parole. Like I murdered you know families <laughs> upon families, and there's no death sentence in or death penalty in that in that state. Then okay, fine. You know, I'm here for life. I might as well get it in some way. But um, otherwise, yeah, I just don't see myself. Yeah, doing any gay sex. Yeah, that's. I I recently talked to a guy Wesley who spent ten years in in jail, and that's what he told me that surprised me. He said, "Man, the biggest, most strong, fucking rocked up, just bodybuilding dudes, and not like dudes who are soft spoken, like the guys who would beat your ass physically." Because I mean, listen, they're boxers, they're badass dudes. He's like, those are the dudes. They would, they would, they were the bottoms. Like they didn't, they didn't even want to like just fuck someone. They like, oh yeah, I'm going get fucked. But you, you can't talk about it. Like you can't be like, oh, you little twink, you little fucking bitch, you bottom bitch, because they beat your fucking ass. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not uncommon. I don't know what I would do. I think, I think you bring up a really good point with the Hitler shit. Like, how about you? Fuck him either so good that you fucking rupture, you rupture his intestines or you uh, maybe you fuck him like the best, the best dick he's ever gotten in his life. Right. 
And to where he's like, oh, wow, you're a good little Jewish bitch. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have to have you back. And then you're like, oh, why don't we um, – I'm a little hungry. Why don't we have, like, a nice bagel and cream cheese? And he's fucking Hitler, right? So he's like, yeah, I got – and then you, you get the fucking butter knife. And you say, cream cheese this. Bam! And you stab his ass with that butter knife. And you save the world. This could have happened. We'd never know. You could we save the world, know. bro. Um, never know. That's a way, I mean, it, it, like I said, it just depends on the situation, depends on what's going on, um, how much I know. Like, do I go get transported there now, or did I grow up in the 40s? So, I mean, there's a lot of, but I think in general, unless there's a way immediately that I could try to kill him, other than, I mean, I guess leave him on bare hands, I could probably try to choke him out and snap his neck or whatever. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. Because just, that that's true, too, because like, like I said previously, Nobody on this earth can know Hitler is gay except mm. Hitler. Right. So his guards don't know. So he can't have like security guards in there. And you're right. He's bending over. Think he's about to take some dick. You just grab his fucking neck and you just choke slam him and kill him. That's a good idea, too. Yeah, but at the same time, I kill him. Then how do I get out? Because I don't know what password or code he has or tells the guards to let, you know, whoever just railed him out. And then again, maybe... <laughs> He just gets railed and then has the guards killed him anyways. So it doesn't matter. You know, whoever comes out that door first is going to get shot. So, you know, who knows? But it might be worth it trying to kill him. Who knows? That That's a good fucking point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe just try to kill him or. Yeah. <laughs> what, what if what if you're like, all right, you know, Hitler sucked me off. His little mustache was rubbing up on my dick. Man, it's uncomfortable, but fuck it. I'm, you know, I'm in fear for my life. So the blood's pumping anyway. So maybe my dick's hard. And, you know, and you start, you start fucking him. You never fucked a man, right? You don't even know if he has STDs or anything, man. Fuck. And you start fucking him. And next thing you know, he starts speaking in that Hitler voice that you see all the videos. And he just starts going off and you lose it. You start, it's like, oh shit, your dick gets soft. Holy fuck. And next thing you know, he like he gets up and he he tells you calmly. He's like, "No, I like it. Keep going. Hold, how do you hold it together and continue fucking him? Have him suck me off again or suck me off? <laughs> like there's there's yeah, it's just not like uh, that's one of those you need more time to to, to process and think about. But yeah, that's tough, or, or final answers. Yeah, I'll just try to kill him. Yeah, no, I. I didn't even think of that one, to be honest with you. This whole scenario just kind of came to me uh, while you were using the bathroom. (laughs) Am I weird? Uh, But uh, yeah, man, I I didn't even think of that. Yeah, just just fucking kill him because he didn't look like a large man or anything like that. So, yeah, just fucking strangle him, especially if you're a Jew. Right. This is the the number one enemy of your entire fucking people. This is the guy who you fear the most. So, yeah, you should just fucking kill him in the most brutal way possible. And you know what? I'll die for that. Um, damn. Yeah, good, good answer, dude. Um, last question. <laughs> because I, I think one, one thing I respect about you, and we, we haven't even talked about all the crazy shit you've been through. Uh, we talked about fucking Hitler instead. Uh, you... You've gone through some life experiences that I think are very uncommon, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just all kind of crazy shit. What, what's your best advice to young people? Hmm. Hmm. Best advice, <clears throat> I would say, are, are the two pieces I got from my parents. Uh, from my mother, 
I got whether you're with her for an hour or the rest of your life, make her feel like she's the only one. And mm. if you do that, you'll get just about anything you want from the woman you're with, whether it's just that night or the rest of your life. <clears throat> uh, for my father, the best piece I got was women are born with the pussy. They don't want another one. And it's not just, Damn. I mean, he meant it just with women. But from that, I was able to apply it to how I am in general overall and keep in command and keep respect from everyone and not have people try to overstep any boundaries with me. I mean, joking around here is one thing, but personal with work, with, uh, you know, just anybody meeting out in the world, you know, if anything comes up and, you know, some stranger tries to make a joke and, you know, say, oh, you look gay today with that. Uh, Hawaiian shirt you wear or whatever, you know, I, I put a stop to it right there. Hey, you know, I don't know you like that. Like, if you want to step outside, I'll yeah. fuck you up. But we're not, we're not going to play this, you know, oh, you're a fag, you little bitch game because I'll, I'll show you who's a bitch and it's not me. So mm. it just depends on how you want to live your life and how, how you want to be treated and respected because you can live your life in fear and in shame or you can choose to have self-respect for yourself and make others respect you. And it's not like you make them. It's just that you command it by the way you give respect because it's not something there, there's two schools of thoughts of like, Oh yeah, you should give respect to everyone and you need to earn respect one way or another. But either way, if you show yourself a person of value and I'm not talking about high value males or whatever, just show that you have a value for yourself, that you respect yourself, then others will toe the line as well. Yo, that's fucking great. That's fucking great advice. Uh, I, I, I hear like a lot of people saying like, oh, I, I don't I don't give a shit. If you don't respect me, then fuck you or whatever. And this is I think this is a complete cop out for some bitch bullshit uh, because I would just challenge everybody. It's like, oh, I don't care if you respect me. Everybody knows what it feels like to be disrespected. Right. In the workplace, at school, we were all bullied. You know, even if we were disrespected by parents or whatever, it doesn't feel good, man. So if, if you cannot feel that, then fuck, yeah, you know, carry yourself accordingly. But yeah, dude, um, it, where, I, I guess I, I always ask people, where can people find you and all of this, but it's all going to be in the show notes. What are you up to next? I know you have your podcast is excellent. Everybody should listen to it. What, 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 what are you up to next? Uh, so right now my podcast, it's kind of like on hiatus. I'm depending on whether I want to change it or revamp it. So right now it's are my favorite. Uh, it's basically just life dating and sex advice, uh, with a little bit of a kink twist, but it's not super kinky the kink twist is just uh kinksters in general we always communicate with each other what we want before we even have sex so that we were all on the same page we we're not having any surprises or trying to figure out what you know they're into if i can put it in our butt or whatever so that's what the the thing that i try to push is always be honest and communicative with your partner and whoever you're dealing with because mm. if you do that then there's not gonna be any mistakes there's not gonna be problems later uh, and other things that I'm doing, I'm also the co-host of Block Talk, uh, B-L-O-K-K Talk, uh, where I kind of do the same thing, but I, I'm working with, I'm the co-host and the creator. He's like a 15-year younger version of me. So it's like you get to see like a 20-year-old. He's about to turn 30, but you get to see a 20-something um, version of me, and you get to see kind of like the calmer version of me and, and kind of like giving advice that way and same kind of concept and ideas about dating and relationships 
Uh, and then right now I'm editing and helping out with uh, the Just Nate podcast. It doesn't have a title yet, but he's Just Nate with a K on TikTok, Instagram, and all this other stuff. He's a guy that goes out and helps homeless people. And, you know, whatever they ask for, he'll get it for them. Whether it's tents, clothes, you know, gas, whatever they need, he's going to go out and buy it for them. And he's got a big following. And uh, there was a point in my life where I was homeless. So it's kind of near and dear to me. So I help out with that however I can. And eventually at some point I might redo my podcast or just do one that's different just based on my name. Uh, but you can find me easily in all my socials at Susias, S-U-C-I-A-S dot X-Y-Z. Uh, you can find my socials. You can text me. You can call me. Actually, don't call me. I don't. If I don't know your number, I'm not going to answer. But you can text or email me and find any way to get a hold of me and talk to me there. Awesome. I, I'm glad I asked because I did not know about like all the, the homeless podcasts and stuff like that. Gallo, thanks so much for coming on, dude. I hope you have a great day. You do the same. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. 